Down and down again. Oh. I got so high, left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard, I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl, in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh. find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the Soul Chemical. And this is your Monday show. The first Monday show of October. Welcome to the new month. I'm super excited to be here. I'm glad you're here as we're continuing to grow the show. Unfortunately, today we are going to start off with some somber news, a legend, a icon, a trailblazer, a man who we just spoke about eerily on the podcast um, two or three weeks ago, telling the story about how he put Vader over and made Vader a megastar. Antonio Inoki has passed away at the age of 79. He's He's been in poor health for a while, um, which is honestly why it was so refreshing and surprising for... Uh, Vice, you know, uh, Dark Side of the Ring to get him for an interview. That's, that's probably one of the last interviews he's going to ever do. Um, that's something's in the in the bag that we don't know about yet. But um, this guy was not just a professional uh, wrestler. He was a martial artist, a politician. This guy um, was the first ever IWGP heavyweight champion, the first Asian WWF heavyweight champion, a ring that's not officially recognized by WWE. E, but essentially it was one of those moments that happened but didn't happen um this is just um honestly it was kind of expected only because he has been in such poor health as i said this guy knew how to draw he knew what was money as we just spoke about two weeks ago with the vader story about how anoki knew it was time for a change he had been champion for a while he said how can i get a big reaction because it was he was like essentially the, the the Japanese version of Bruno San Martino. Anyone who beat him was going to be a big problem. But the st- if you can make it into story format, it would be even more more beautiful. And the fact that the match lasted three minutes and Vader just destroyed him in Tokyo that made things real. Just some quick highlights. Um, he had a 1976 fight against world champion uh, Muhammad Ali, a fight that served to the, the, the modern mixed day martial arts, uh, where I believe he didn't. St- was it him? If I'm not mistaken, he didn't stay on his feet. He was lower and was like kicking <laughs> Muhammad Ali in his leg because he was he knew if he stood toe to toe, Muhammad Ali was gonna knock him to bleep out. Um, this guy, uh, him and Ric Flair, headlined two shows in North Korea. Both drew over 160. One drew 165,000. The other drew 190,000 spectators. The highest attendance by far in professional wrestling history. Um, He founded New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So everything you see today on New Japan, you have him to be thankful for. Him opening the floodgates for that particular market. The five-star rings, obviously we talk about that. and, And Dave Meltzer's love for that. Um, this was, um, like I said, this is just one of those things where I just wanted to highlight some quick stuff that he had done because, and, uh, and obviously he is a WWE Hall of Famer. I know a lot of you don't recognize any other Hall of Fames, but WWE, but, um, yes, he went in in 2010, um, obviously well, more, well, than, more than well deserved to me. I think 
the issue that we've never tackled on this show before is the which is a whole other thing but i, I want to get into it right now a little bit because i had someone say he wasn't in the hall of fame they just didn't know he went in, in 2010 i said he went in 2010 and they didn't recognize any of their hall of fame which is fine that's their prerogative i said that's the problem though you do have the pro wrestling hall of fame which has put in a ton of people they were the first ones to put in macho man randy savage um uh, they have a ton of people in it you know um i don't have the list in front of my face but we actually just have actually have news where where was this thing at um the hall of fame in, in texas a uh, wrestling hall of fame in texas just went under due to bad management but essentially just because wwe doesn't recognize you or may recognize you it doesn't mean anything. Like, Juice and Thunder Liger had one match in NXT before NXT was recognized as being uh, nothing, something other than a developmental brand, and he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, come on. Juice and Thunder Liger has never done anything big in WWE. He had a match with uh, Tyler Breeze, which was, was it Tyler? Yeah, Tyler Breeze, which is, it was all right, you know, but it's one of those things where legitimately he did more in WCW and ECW than he would ever do in WWE. So just to get that out of the way, but yes, he is a WWE Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer just no matter what. Like he is the per- he he is the person that started so many things. But the thing is, his his intellect. He was a politician. I think he was governor or something like that of to Tokyo, or whatever. This guy knew business. This guy, the North Korea, um, this the story about North Korea that was Antonio Inoki's idea. To, to have uh to have the WCW wrestlers come to a career, you know, like to so he can have peace talks and stuff like that. This guy is just um a trailblazer, is a obviously he's more than the Hall of Famer. He's someone that's once in a lifetime, once in a generation. Don't know the person, you know. Um so I, I can't i I've never met him before, can't say I we're not friends, obviously. But um so I don't know about the personal stuff, so I'm not even gonna bring that up. That's whatever and let i've never read an article where he was hurting people or anything if anything seems like he's a pretty good guy so my condolences to his family and only thing we can do is continue to enjoy the product that he the products that he has helped build because a lot of times we forget as wrestling fans that there's wrestling outside of this country and that and here's the thing nwo was inspired by an angle ran in New Japan. There is no NWO without that. And Eric Bischoff has gone on record as saying how that was a thing. There was, um, the way they did it was differently though. Well, they, they executed it differently. So essentially in New Japan, there was this group <clears throat> at the time, I forgot who their World Heavyweight Champion was, but they were an outside faction that took over the company. So like, if they would have gone through WCW with their original plan of having NWO Nitro, that's kind of what it would have been. They went against that for some reason. I think they went against that because Sold Out was... Um, I, I think Sold Out ended up doing such a bad buy rate. But that, and that's a story for a whole other podcast in itself, how they presented that, that whole fucking NWO Sold Out. That was a fucking terrible pay-per-view. But anyways... Essentially, a lot of things we see is that look here, the the, the, the five star matches or the six star matches with Omega and fucking uh, Okada, those happen in New Japan. Like 
a lot of people had opportunities. Nakamura being the youngest world heavyweight champion, that Brock Lesnar being a New Japan champion, AJ Styles, Kurt Angle. These things happen because of a company he founded and he gave an opportunity to. So uh, rest in peace, rest in power, uh, and uh, condolences to the family. All right, let's get to some news and notes. But let's hit Raw up first, because since we spent most of our time the last show talking about the AW, which was obviously the goal, let's hit up Raw. Edge versus Finn Balor in an I Quit match. First time these two have ever fought. I don't see Edge quitting. But here's the thing that's interesting, though. With this being said, Finn Balor, according to WrestleVotes, is in line for a major push. A major push. And so, this could be the thing he needs. Now, Judgment Day can obviously get involved, which means it's four on one. Now, you take that, you make... AJ Styles has been added to his whole feud. Rey Mysterio's in it. It's still three on four. And I'm sure a woman will have to get involved. I just don't see Edge saying I quit. I can see Finn Balor saying it before I see Edge saying it. This one's actually a toss-up. I just... And this is a good thing. Because every stipulation for Extreme Rules is a real Extreme Rules stipulation. These matches should be on there. These are becoming blood feuds. I'm doing air quotes. You're going to see me doing air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. And so it's one of those situations where I don't know who's going to win. Like, I'm assuming Edge because they just haven't done a good job of keeping Judgment Day strong. But I'm I'm hopeful for Finn Balor to get the win. I just don't see Edge saying I quit. I just don't see it. But what a way to put fucking Finn Balor over if, he's, if he was to make him say I quit. That's just interesting, though. Anyways, the match that that was that started this whole thing was uh, Damian Priest got rolled up by Matt Riddle, which led to a Judgment Day jumping him. Then Edge made his return, sparing everybody, and then made the challenge. Um, AJ Styles lost to Sami Zayn in Canada, um, thanks to Solo Sokoa. Uh, at the end of this, Judgment Day still tried to recruit AJ Styles. Uh, Finn Balor put up the two sweet sign. AJ Styles gave him the middle finger. He got jumped. So that's why I said he's involved in this now. Seth Rollins beat Rey Mysterio. All Judgment Day were just outside. And, and Judgment Day were all over the show, by the way. They were all over Monday Night Raw, just for the record. Johnny Gargano and Kevin Owens, Panda Express, the reunion, defeated Alpha Academy. Candice LeRae made her return to WWE. We just knew it was a matter of time. Uh, this was a really random... Uh, this was probably the most random uh, moment of a comeback, which I thought was fucking hilarious. Because I, 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 I had the TV on mute. And I was writing something down. I don't remember what it was. And I remember I looked up. I was like, that looks like Candice LeRae. Looked back down. I said, that is fucking Candice LeRae. How random is this? And she ended up uh, wrestling Nikki Ash. Gets the win against Nikki Ash. And then Nikki Ash at the end ends up throwing up this hissy fit and taking off her mask. Which, which we already knew that this gimmick was coming to an end. But it looks like it's finally building up, building up, building up. So uh, something to look interested, looking forward to. Bailey versus Bianca Belair in a ladder match. I would have to think this is how you get uh, the title off Belair without her being pinned, and 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 Bailey gets that one because I can see because the thing the one thing I, I know obviously we know Bloodline will be all over that that men's hell in a cell or the uh, war games. Um, I would have to imagine Damage Control is going to be on the other end in that war games as well, and it, I can I can see all of them having the gold. As they go in there, I mean, it will, it will be a hell of a sight. So I, I, I think we'll, we'll get to predictions next week. 
um, as I think the pay-per-view is on Saturday. I won't actually have a chance to watch it on Saturday, but I'm going to watch it on Sunday. Um, but I'm, I would have to imagine that's going to be a spot where that's how Belair loses. Also, Bianca Belair defeated Io Sky in the match, so uh, before all this happened. Let's hit some news and notes. WWE Network is now uh, signed on the Foxtel group in Australia. It now has 4.5 access to 4.5 million subscribers. So uh, new another move by these guys is they, they could just sling this WWE Network around like it's no tomorrow. I mean, it's... It, honestly, it's one of those things where, and I think Wade Keller said it before on Steve Austin's podcast when it was just a podcast and not special. He said the way WWE Network needs to present itself and needs to promote itself is like Netflix. You pay for us every month, but we're here when you need us. And that's how I see it. I don't want, I, when I first got WWE Network, when I first, 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 first got it, I don't remember the, I do remember the first thing I watched. The first thing I watched was the Wyatt Family versus S.H.I.E.L.D. And that was the only lot, and that was a fantastic match, obviously. But I remember after that, I remember watching a lot of old school stuff. I've I've barely watched anything from the Attitude Era. I've watched the uh, the DX impersonation of the uh, of the Nation over and over, not over and over, but before. But I mean, it's it's a good product just to have there. And honestly, it was a genius move to sell it to Peacock because now. Peacock has access to WWE subscribers, the one million of them, and even then, like I didn't know, like I I love everybody loves Raymond. I don't know if I said this on the podcast before or not, but I love it. And I remember I was trying to find ways to watch it without having to buy the DVDs and all this other shit. And I remember just going through it, and I was texting my sister because she uses my Peacock, and I was like, wait a second, Peacock has everybody loves Raymond. That's even if WWE ever leaves, I'm still paying for Peacock because I have access to everybody loves Raymond. That's how much I love it. So, I mean, it's just another move that that, that that's going to make them stronger and more eyeballs. Drew McIntyre is back to training after catching food poison. Uh, we saw him on SmackDown, so we know he's, even if he's not 100%, he's at least good to go for next week. Veer was on a house show teaming with Sanga. People don't know if it's a... Uh, him going back to NXT or for some main roster call for Sanga. They do need more tag teams in this tag team division because I will say this. Whenever the Usos lose to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, those two are going to need a fresh, fresh, fresh teams to wrestle. Not these these teams that have been, the Usos have just been going through for the last two years. Raven. Quote to Raven Nevermore. He will be inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame. This guy is a former NWA World Champion, a former King of the Mountain. And Obviously, his legacy is trenched in ECW. Obviously, now that the Dudley Boys and Ravi and Dam have been the first people, the uh, first ECW originals to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, that he will get the call at some point in time. I, I will have to imagine. So here's my thing. So when I look at Raven in that impact time, in that time, in that time in impact, he was very much needed. Because they were the, the older heads or the people that they leaned on. If you look at after they got away from the weekly pay per views and they were on Spike, and they got Spike TV deal. You look at the people, you had Jeff Jarrett, you had uh, Raven winning the World Championship, Raven winning, uh, Rhino winning the World Championship. These people were leaned on as the AJ Styles and the Samoa Joes and the uh, Kazarians and the most America's Most Wanted and the, all these other people were coming up. They weren't ready for that championship. Like AJ Styles might have been the only one that 
was even put on that level. Because the thing about this was, X Division was still the focus. Like, this was very much the X Division and then the, the main event, right? And so it was one of those things where AJ Styles was probably, at that time, the only one that truly was able to break through that ceiling and be like, okay, we, we see him wrestling both main event people and the X Division people. Samoa Joe was firmly entrenched in that because it was such a great gimmick. X Division was no weight limits, uh, just no, it's like no limits, no weight limits, just whatever the fuck that saying was. And so it was a great thing because it wasn't like it was a cruiserweight thing. It was like, hey, these guys are just going to go and put on the best matches ever. And so you need those those older guys to then kind of bring everyone else up. Now you have the AJ Styles. Now you have, now you have the Samoa Joes. Now you have the Bobby Roods. Now you have the um, uh, uh, Bobby Roods and James Storm. That's what I'm thinking about. And Raven was a very big part of that. He had the same kind of matches he had in ECW and WWE. It was just him being in a main event spot, uh, and so it's one of those things where I think this is a uh, a good induction for them. A great induction for them would be a great induction for WWE though, when he gets that time because he, if anyone is entrenched, like, the way Jay Lethal was the franchise for East, for our ROH, Tommy Dream is the franchise for ECW, but his feud with Raven defined ECW. That was. Such a great feud that we could probably go over in December if we want to. Um, and match of the month. That feud defined ECW. It felt so personal. It felt, um, it felt like you could get a Hell in a Cell match, a War Games match. You could get anything you want to have. Those two just clicked so well. But this is a good call for a Hall of Fame induction. He, in my opinion, he earned it. Doesn't deserve it. He earned it. So congratulations to to Raven. Mia Yim is going to face Mickey James at Bound for Glory. Her contract is reportedly coming up soon. Wonder where her next move will be. RVD is launching a cannabis brand in California, and I find it interesting how because even when we had Godfather on the show, uh, selfish plug there. He said his cannabis um, company was only in California as well. Yeah, he's in Vegas. He's based, based in Vegas. And he, and, and he was saying how um, it's not even in Vegas. It's in California. So I wonder what's... I, I, don't, I don't know the, the market for cannabis. So I, I don't smoke it. I don't do it. I, I, so I don't know why that's the, they start there. Is that if, it's, if it starts there? I mean, someone... Please answer this. This is a real question. If someone is, do, they, do you start there and... Then if it gets big there, it goes to other places. Um, I'm just curious. Teddy Long, who has had a hell of a week. Because at first, everyone was saying Teddy Long was blocking him. Turns out he was hacked. Then he announced on XM Radio that his wife passed away. So condolences to him. This dude then begins to monetize the blockage. As he says, you've been blocked, player. <laughs> so uh, um, congratulations to him for monetizing that. And condolences at the same time. Uh, just That's crazy, but... Um, hope he's doing well. Leo Rush is cleared and set for Rev Pro British Cup. Uh, how many times does this guy get hurt? He's so tiny and does a, such a strong style for his size. Like, he's, he needs to slow it down. A Vice-produced Vince documentary will air next month. I didn't see any details on this, so I don't know what it is. I'm curious to get people's feedback before I spend invest time in it. I mean, because... Are they going? I mean, here's the thing: any documentary or anything that ha, or any movie that's going on, 
this this past four months are part of his legacy now. So will they cover that? Is this a WWE like produced thing? I don't think I don't think WWE wants to work with Vice. <laughs> like Vice that gives them fucking headaches. So I'm wondering what this is like all about. But it's interesting. Chris Amon, the physician, the ringside physician with WWE has retired. Um, he's well known for good things and bad things. And so just to see him retired, I guess that's enough. You know, I'm sure he got paid well. So that wrestling hall thing was in Texas is shutting down. And that's why I wanted to elaborate on more. Apparently it was like bad management, people taking funds and everything like that. There's not too many wrestling hall things, especially physical ones. Uh, if, if, if any, I think it's like one, maybe that's a tiny one, but I don't think it's anything special. I think we just need a definitive Hall of Fame for pro wrestling. I just don't know who would run it, though. Because there's no one that's, like, central to wrestling that doesn't have their best interests in mind. Because wrestling is such a selfish thing, a selfish sport, as to where, don't get me wrong, when you have baseball, basketball, all these people who are getting into Hall of Fames and, and or not getting into Hall of Fames, it's, a Hall of Fame should not be the controversy that it is. Every con I, I I'm not putting hockey in this. I'm gonna make, I'm gonna stick with football and baseball. Every sport like that has controversy and something that should probably be pretty open and honest and upfront about what's going on. So that's just crazy to me. According to Dave Meltzer, and this is kind of not surprising, but surprising that this this must be. I remember we reported um, a couple of months ago how they were really concerned that Randy Orton's back would keep him out for the rest of the year. So that wasn't a surprise, but I guess they were expecting him back by the Royal Rumble, but apparently his back issue is so bad that he's going to be out much longer. So um, that's a huge loss for them. I will say this. He could be in Randy Orton because he's so good. He could be in the mix for many years to come, but if he is having back issues, I mean, Randy Orton's got to take care of his health and himself. So rest up and get better, champ. Um, speaking of Randy Orton, he had to testify in his tattoo artist uh, lawsuit, which has been going on for years now. Been postponed, postponed, postponed. The tattoo artist had sued WWE, 2K, and all those other people because um, her art was in the video game, which she did not know was going to be in the video game, and she felt it should be should be monetized for that. And and I don't know, like how tattoos work i don't know if like you can copyright a tattoo on somebody because randy orton has a ton of fucking tattoos he's he's tied up all over and so um i didn't know this was a thing but apparently this was like watched by various tattoo artists because they said well our tattoos are on baseball players or whoever should we be getting money too well technically she won the case but the problem is she only got three grand from it that's a lot of work for three grand, and who knows who, who, who how much her lawyers took out, or that, or that, or that was just the final uh, tally of it. But um, I thought that was an interesting move because I didn't know that you could like essentially copyright a tattoo. That's very fascinating to me. But I thought you guys would find it interesting. Roosh officially signs with AEW, and the first match signed for Battle of the Belts, the latest one coming up, I think, this week is Pac defending the All-Atlantic Championship against Trent Beretta. Bandito, after his appearance on Dynamite last week, was offered an AEW deal. No saying if he signed it or not. 
Devon Dudley's sons are officially done with AEW, as he said, and he said they're hoping for a shot in WWE. I don't, I know, I, I've ever seen his sons before. I've seen his sons in uh, Impact. I don't remember ever seeing them. They could have been on Elevation, Elevation or Dark, and I barely watched that, so I don't want to ask about that. This week for the anniversary edition of Dynamite, it will have a 15-minute uh, overrun. AEW is very much interested in having Juice Robinson back in the fray. Sarias, Sarias, Sarias has signed a three-year deal. The money has not been disclosed, but apparently the money is so much to where they're expecting her to wrestle for that amount of money. So I w- here's my thing. I don't think they would have done the debut the way they did it for just someone being a manager. Um, yet a segment, uh, which Soraya has even said that it's been, was, no, pretty weak. Um, I don't think they would just brought her in. Like, this is one thing, one thing was William Regal, who we know can't wrestle and shouldn't be wrestling. And it's turned out perfect because he's been like, just this manager, right? That's one thing. To bring her in, someone who has a ton of name value and dude, like, people follow her Twitch stream. Like, people, like, want to see her wrestle really bad. Like, so I don't think you bring her in just to, to manage or talk. That's a that's craziness. Rampage. The Acclaim have retained the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Jamie Hayter defeated Willow Nightingale. I think Willow loses way too much. She's on Rampage enough, but she loses. I don't think has she won at, at all in AEW. She loses way too much. I know Mercedes Martinez, the ROH Women's Champion, is currently out with with an injury. No telling on when she gets back. But like I think I still think as much as I like Mercedes Martinez. I think Willow should have won that ROH Women's Championship, but um, hell, Mercedes Martinez has, has been having good matches with that belt, so not surprising there, but if they haven't stripped her of it or made an interim champion yet, then I'm assuming she'll be back very soon. Lee Moriarty defeated De La Fuego, though, so Roosh defeated John Silver after, afterwards Hangman and Page made the save. Bobby Roode underwent orthopedic surgery. SmackDown, Jey Uso and Sammy, like those two, obviously Sammy's going to be the one to pin Jey Uso for the tag team titles, but Jey is so intense when he when he's dealing with Sammy, I love it, I love how, I love how he is so bought in now as compared to two years ago, to where he's like, you're trying to destroy the family, and Rance obviously has a plan for this and whatever, but I love how Jay went from fighting this to now he's all in on this. Johnny Gargano, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre uh, ended up beating down the Alpha Academy and Austin Theory, which led to a six-man tag later on the night, which they ended up winning. Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn defeated Matt, Cat, Moss, and Ricochet, which was in a pretty good tag team match. But at one point in time in the tag team match, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Solo Sokoa was on his one knee. He's outside the ring on his hand, his, I think his left hand on the apron. The lights go dim and come back on. Now, I have not followed this white, this, this white rabbit thing because like, it's we know it's Bray Wyatt. And I thought it was funny because someone on Twitter, this was like two or three weeks ago now, probably maybe even a month, who knows. And Bray tweeted out something. It's and, and the comment underneath it, the guy said, "Look here, Bray, just bring your ass back. We're ready. We're ready for you." <laughs> this guy said, "I'm in a horror film. I don't care. Kill me. I want to see you back." That's essentially what this guy was saying, which is fucking hilarious. Anyways, Karrion Cross 
I thought it was I thought his promo was good in that in that little pre-recorded cameo and that pre-recorded uh, interview. But he said something so hilarious. He said, "You can't just come back into WWE and get a title shot. That's not how it works." Tell that shit to fucking Goldberg and fucking Brock Lesnar. Don't be insulting them. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? That was hilarious when he said that. I said, "This guy is crazy. Who who told him this? Who told him the rules of this game?" That was it was just fucking funny. Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan brawled all over. I actually, honestly, I like this more intense side of Liv Morgan, whether it's her putting uh, Lacey Evans to a table and I, her intensity, I've I've appreciated it. And her and her and Ronda just going back and forth. I I've loved this because really technically Ronda's the heel, and like Liv's getting booed. They're both being booed here, which is crazy. But I love how their dynamic is playing off each other. I can see Liv taking this. I can see Liv beating her again. I don't think it will happen. But I can see it. The way they're building this up, I can see it. I can see them keeping that belt on her for a little while longer. But obviously the... And I'm assuming Becky Lynch will be healed up in time for War Games. I would have to imagine where they're going for night one of WrestleMania. Becky... Versus fucking Ronda for the Women's Champion. I, that's the only thing I can think of where they would go with this. Even though Becky is on currently Raw, they would have to find a way to switch her over. But it doesn't matter. Fucking Raw superstars were on fucking SmackDown. So it doesn't really matter, I guess. Bailey defeated Shotzi at the, and Bianca Belair made the save. Sheamus and Walter next week on the season premiere of SmackDown will go one-on-one for the Intercontinental title. Uh, Sheamus and Walter were fighting. Imperium ended up jumping Sheamus. Beating him down. Sheamus, I uh, saying that's all you got. And I got beat down some more. Um, this is the time. I, I know the rumors have been that, she, that uh, Walter is going to WrestleMania to face Drew McIntyre. Another fire match that will be. I'm going to predict right now. Sheamus gets his long-awaited Intercontinental Championship win next week. They're taking that belt off Walter right now. I know people are like, he should have a, a longer run with the title. No, this is the time right now. The fans are into Sheamus like they've never been into Sheamus. Believe it or not, Sheamus has had many, many runs. And he's had, I think, pretty good matches with people. Like one match I can think of when he lost the World Heavyweight Championship. It was in the same year he defeated, I think it was 2012. Same year he defeated Brian Danielson uh, for in that 18-second match. He had a hell of a match against the Big Show. I remember watching it. I was at uh, Acquaintance House. I remember watching it. I was like, I was like, damn, this match is fucking fire. And those two had great chemistry, him and Big Show. And I remember he went for the, uh, what's that finishing movie he has? The, the bro kick. And I remember he went for it, and Big Show just nailed him with the punch and pinned him to win the world title. But I remember saying to myself, that was a fucking fire-ass match. And he's had some good matches, but the fans have never truly been to him like they are into him now. Next week, Sheamus defeats Walter for the Intercontinental Championship. That's my prediction there. And look here, guys. Like I said, um, I appreciate the the, the, uh, the feedback. I appreciate you guys enjoying September's um, Wednesday show. And so, um, but I know you guys are ready to hear some news and notes. So actually, that's what I'm actually as I record this. This is Saturday. I'm actually going to watch the first three episodes of Seahawk tomorrow. She hoped tomorrow, and I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about news and notes, everything that just to, just to get caught up on stuff. We ha- we haven't talked about much, you know. But honestly, in my opinion, there hasn't been much to really talk about. 
But we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff on this Wednesday show. So looking forward to that. Um, looking forward to watching She-Hulk. She-Hulk is one of my favorite characters of all time. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they have done to her, what they're going to do to her. I know there's a lot of people that's not happy. I know that she hasn't hit. I know the show hasn't hit the Nielsen ratings, which is a big deal. But we'll get into all that on the Wednesday show. I appreciate you guys being here with me on the Monday show. Uh, I will talk to you guys on Wednesday. I am the Slow Chemical. Please like, follow, subscribe, and I am out.